What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Alexis Barber, and today we have a super special guest, Blake Newby. So Blake is one of my favorite TikTok follows. I'm sure you've seen her all over the gram, all over TikTok. She's truly the best. I really resonate with her. I honestly do because we're we're pretty similar, and you'll hear that. So if you hear me chiming in about my experiences in this show, that's because I just was felt like we were talking as friends and getting to know each other, and I really really love that. So let me give you the tea on Blake because she is not somebody to be played with. Okay, she's booked and busy, and she always has been. With bylines across major publications, Blake Newby's love for beauty and style has catapulted her work across numerous platforms, transforming her longtime knowledge of all things hair, makeup, skincare, and fashion into a career where she wrote, conceptualized, and reported on everything encompassing the high-demand industry. The former beauty and style director's voice now shines off the pages. Nailing viral interviews with celebs such as Lori Harvey. She's the one who asked Lori Harvey how she got her abs, and she said Pilates. Yeah, she was at the Met Gala. Don't play with her. Don't play with her. Jack Harlow, Halle Bailey, and Rihanna, just to name a few. Her gift of gab now lands her on the big stage and the small screen. You can frequently catch Blake hosting major events such as CultureCon, as well as lending her expertise on shows such as Good Morning America, Access Hollywood, and the Tamron Hall Show. When she's not fully entrenched in the world of hosting and commentating, Blake serves as a beauty venture scout for a major investment fund, proving that she truly is a 360-degree industry authority. Truly a star. I can't wait to jump into this conversation. I hope you all love it just as much as I did. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram for self-care tips, more in-depth things about the podcast, great clips, just inspiration every single day. And we also started a Twitter. So every day I send out daily affirmations to all of my followers who sign up through our text link. So if you need a little boost of inspiration every morning, it's a great place to get that. It's just a quick little byline to remind you that you are that girl. So you can sign up for that in the show notes. But if you don't want to get a text into your phone every day, we also tweet them every day at Two Collective. So you can just see that for a little bit, get a little boost of inspiration. Remember, you create your own momentum, you create your own perception of yourself. And we will really jump into how Blake has really taken that into her life recently and started really taking care of herself after just going so hard for so many years. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I like to start all of my um, episodes with some rapid fire questions just so that the audience (laughs) can jump in and get to know you before we jump into like the crazy stuff. And then I want to talk to you about your career, about your personal style, about confidence, and we'll jump into all Okay. Okay. So- First question of rapid fire is, what is your big three in astrology, if you know? I, oh, sweet God. I don't like telling people this <laughs> because people are like, what is going on? I'm so, the same way. We can compare. I'm a Sagittarius. Same. Oh, but it gets richer. <laughs> I am a rising Gemini and a Cancer moon. Oh. There's quite a lot going on. And I have to warn people. I'm like, I'm really not like, I have longstanding friendships, like mm-hmm. all things. I'm not crazy. But yeah. that chart will have you thinking that I am. Well, I'm, I have a Sagittarius stellium, so okay. everyone thinks like 
What? Oh. But I've been in my relationship for six years, so I'm proud of myself. You see, for that, you know? and that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like there's such a spectrum to Sagittarius women. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say the spectrum because usually I say like uh, this type of and I name certain people because there's so many Sagittarius women. But I feel like there's a spectrum. Yeah, I'm happy that we're like yeah we're middle. Oh, I'm still like crazy. I mean, my TikTok shows. I'm like a crazy person. You are, but, it's okay. but it works. Exactly, it works. If you you just have to make it work for you. For you, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. But the the you said Cancer Moon. Yeah. Oh wow, that's tough. There's a lot happening. Yeah. Well, because I'm a Sagittarius, so I don't emote. Yeah. But I'm a Cancer, so I feel everything. Yeah. But you aren't saying. But it. I don't say. Like, I, mm-hmm. But I'm a feeler, like a super feeler. That's crazy. Because I think that's what I struggle with. Because I'm triple fire so i'm sagittarius that is sun, crazy aries rising leo moon so it's just like there's no stopping and so i feel like that's where i like struggle with the emotions and everything co is the worst like, thing that happened to us yeah it really is it really changed <laughs> it everything is a, <laughs> i forgot i'm always like on tiktok and men are like don't come to me asking me what my, but i need to know I, yeah 100 I, I need to know, know the chart yeah i need to know 100 okay next up is what is your hometown and where do you live now so I, it's tricky because I don't like, I did, I identify DC as home, funny enough, but I was born in Detroit when I was 10, my family relocated to Houston. And then I went to school at Howard in DC and my family relocated there when I was a sophomore. So I feel like I really say home is wherever my parents are. That's what I can cons- because I, I bounced. So DC and DC is the place that has felt the most like home to me. Okay. Yeah. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like, especially when you go to college there, you yep. kind of like are finding yourself there too. So yep. it makes sense that that would be it. That, that, the DMV is also like the best place on earth. That's where I was just saying to our last guest who was <sighs> from Jersey. I was like, all black people are from Jersey or the DMV. I'm obsessed with or the like- DMV. Myself. I want to move back. Yeah. Probably won't ever get there, but that's all right. Life is but a dream. Life is a bunch of dreams and we figure out which ones we can make come true, but that's all right. It's all right. Okay. What is something about your personality that makes you feel really smart? I know a lot about a lot of different things. Sagittarius. I'm like, I know. And that's not to say that I'm like a jack of all trades and a master of none, but I'm in the know of like, I can hold conversations in a lot of different rooms and spaces about a lot of different things. I like that. Yeah, I think that that. Oh, let me not. Let me not get into it. We're rapid fire. We're rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what's something about your personality that makes you feel superficial in a good way? Obviously, as in you're a material girl. Oh baby, <laughs> I love clothes. <laughs> I love. I I get my hair done a lot. I keep my nails done. What is something the superficial about me? If I the second my nails start popping off, I will. I won't leave the house. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I feel you. There's That's something. when I'm like, if I can't find it to glue, I, I will not. Yeah. We're just going to sit in the house. Not having my nails done. And not a lot stops you from going and outside. And not a lot stops me from going outside. But I'm telling you right now, I had to pop on this one before I came here. I was like, and I once it pops off in the house, I place it someplace because I'm like, Blake, we're going to have to come back to this and put it on because you're not going to leave the house if you don't put on this nail. So that is, that's what, that's what makes me superficial. Yeah. I like it. That, embrace that. Okay. What's your most important self-care practice? In 2023, I adopted tons because I had to, like I had to. I feel like which one has been the most important? Keeping a clean home has been, and pouring into my home has been the most, that's my most important self-care practice, but it only very much started recently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it must have been tough to do that when you were going to events every day and traveling. Like I left my house in shambles this morning. All the time. Yeah. But it became this thing for me where it was like, 
my home truly was indicative of the way that my life was going. And it was like, sister, we're going to figure this out. So it's like, we need to hurry up and furnish, finish furnishing. Like I was delaying on that. Like we need to fit, we need to keep it clean. That I would say pouring into my home is my biggest self-care thing right now. I like that. Okay. What final is, what is the worst advice you've ever received? What is the worst? (laughs) And I love my parents. My parents know how much I love them. But my parents are old school. And right before I got the job at Essence, my mom came to visit me at the time I was living in Harlem. And she was like, you need to give up these editorial dreams. She was like, "It's you're not making money. And I wasn't. And, and the thing is, they had the right to say it because they were supporting me. So yeah. they were just like, we keep pushing. And like, <laughs> you're not making money and we still support most of your life. Was it bad advice at the time? No. If I would have listened, though, it would have been terrible advice. Yeah. you made it happen. For because I made it happen. But my parents, my mom, right after I got the Essence job, she was just so excited. And she sent me this long text about, like, how you were right and you blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I think that would have been that up until this point. I'm sure I can think of some other bad advice, but I don't be listening to people. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, I want to hear about your career because it's just so, I feel like all, yeah. what I really admire about it is, like you said, you made it happen for yourself. Right. So I love following you and you don't like necessarily try to be anybody else on TikTok. Yes. That's what I really like about it. It's kind of all over the place. Somebody commented that this morning. She was like, I love you give glam, but then you give laughter, but now you're giving at grocery shopping. I'm like, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Being yourself. So tell me about it starting in college, because yeah. a lot of our listeners range from college to early thirties, mid thirties. Okay. So I'd like to hear that, what that timeline was like for you. The short version is I graduated uh, with a media journalism and film degree from Howard. I always knew I wanted to be in editorial. I used to tell people I wanted to be Soledad O'Brien, though. So sorry, so not editorial in media. I wanted to do serious news. I wanted to be on MSNBC, CNN. But my first internship was actually in high school, not in college. So I had two internships before. Funny enough, my first ever internship was at Essence Magazine when I was a senior. Wow. The summer before my senior year of college. Coca-Cola and TV One did this apprenticeship. You applied. I wanted, did that. Then I was an Emma Bowen scholar, which for what people don't know, they match you with a corporate sponsor and you have a guaranteed internship for four years, for all four years at your local news station. So I did that for two years before interning. I dropped Emma Bowen because unfortunately you can't intern with anybody else. So I got the opportunity to intern for the Rio Olympics with NBC. Wow. So I was like, well, Ta-ta for now. Did that. And then I moved here. I took the first job. I graduated with no job, but I had an interview coming up with CBS News. Got the job. I just wanted whatever job would bring me here. I was like, I just have to be here. Yeah. Have to be here. I knew that I knew that, that was the goal. Like I knew that that was going to be the only way I could do it. I moved to New York two weeks after graduation and a month after graduation. I would say actually a month after graduation. Started working at CBS. Was miserable. Because I was new and news is a 24 hour cycle. Yeah. And I'm a hot girl in New York City at 22. I'm like, I should be at brunch. I need to be drunk every night. I need to be doing all this. But I had to work Wednesday to Sunday, four to midnight. Oh, tough. So my weekend was Monday and Tuesday. Mm hmm. That is not very hot girl. Not very hot girl when everybody else is doing. Oh my God, I really thought like the world was going to end. (laughs) And on top of that, I was living by myself. So Mm. just moved to New York. It felt like isolation. Like Mm. my mom was coming up every month because she was like, I was 
really scared that like you were not going to be, my mom worries about me all the time. And I was like, I'm cool. I start, I was there probably not even four months before I was like, no, it's not it. No. And something went off and I was like, I want to do beauty and fashion editorial. And I was like, okay. So I start cold emailing, cold DMing on LinkedIn and Instagram and things like that. Some of them gave and they, they resulted in coffee meetings. Finally, my dad's uh, Morehouse brother, I'm a spellhouse baby. My dad's Morehouse brother was like, hey, my wife is the deputy deputy editor at Glamour. She should do coffee with her, a black woman, yeah. which I I think mentioning that these are black women says a lot because black women are the only reason that I have a career today. And so she's like, hey, you should meet the uh, senior beauty director. So I'm like, okay, cool. Didn't know she was a black woman as well. I go to do coffee with her two weeks after she offers me a job on the spot. She was like, my beauty assistant quit today. Will you take the job? For two weeks because I had to wait. You know, they, they lag on paperwork, things like that. So what happened was the times overlapped. So for two weeks, I was working CBS and at Glamour. So I would go to Glamour from 9 to 3.30 and then be at CBS from 4 to midnight. And I did that for two weeks. And I mean, it built character. Wouldn't, wouldn't do it again, but it built character. I got the job at Glamour. That was my first beauty job. I was there about a year. In an assistant position. In a, I was the closet assistant. But stress, as stressful and wild of a ride as it was, it really acclimated me to the industry. Like I learned, and that was print too. So I learned every print that was transferring to digital. So I learned everything in the space. Exited there and then started freelancing. I was writing for this really small indie brand called Revelist for a while. It was not, I loved the team there. I loved the people there, but it was super small. Like I wasn't really getting exposure. The good thing was I had cultivated so many relationships while being at Glamour, which at the time was such a huge, huge name in the industry that I was able to keep a lot of beauty relationships. And then my first big freelance break was Kalia Underwood, who's now, I want to say over Mac editorial another black woman gave me a chance and was like will you be the beauty features writer at the Zoe report so that kind of gave me just more space to get more exposure for my writing and during that freelance journey I was writing for everybody refinery 29 l cosmo bet and essence was one of my clients I was writing for Essence for about six months before my then boss called me and was like, hey, I think you should take the beauty and fashion director position because it had been open that entire time. For about a year, the predecessor was the fantastic Julie Wilson. And then after her, it was open for the role was open for about a year. I said no. Uh, Pass the opportunity on to one of my beauty besties, Kayla Greaves. She gets the offer and just decided that she wanted to stay where she was at. Mm -hmm. So I'm drunk in Aruba for my best friend's birthday. You know, I'm just (laughs) drunk. And I'm like three, four pina coladas in and my then boss calls again. And she's like, Blake, I really think you should take this job. Like, I think this job really was made for you at this time. And I was drunk and said yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why did you say no in the first place? So I I loved freelance. Mm, Yeah. But it was something, I don't know how it happened so fast, but in maybe a span of a month of that transition period, it just got, I was like, I think I want a slower pace. You're chasing money, right? And so while freelance is great and it definitely opens you to more money opportunities, absolutely. I mean, and funny enough, because now I'm essentially freelance. You're freelance. You know, the the money rolls in when you're freelance. But in editorial freelance, you're chasing it and it's writing. Constantly writing takes a lot on your brain. It does. It, It Especially when you have to write fast and churn out content. So finally, I was just like, you know what I do? I kind of want to go in house. And I did. Essence was the perfect springboard for where I am right now. I was there for a little under a year and a half as the beauty and fashion director. 
and it was the most stressful, but it was the most, the best, it was the best place for me to be at the time. Like when I think about how my career could not be what it is today without that springboard, because I made it, that's what people ask me. They're like, you really made that role work for you. Because I think I've always moved through these roles. Like this has to serve Blake in the end. And so it's like, if I have to be miserable and tired and all of these things, I'm gonna make it look good. And I'm gonna go on the trips and I'm gonna do the things. And so, yeah, I exited Essence to be a beauty venture scout for a venture capital fund that only invests in um, black owned beauty brands that have already scaled to a million. So I'm a venture scout for them. And within six months of doing that, it's become like a a con, almost like a consulting role because the Blake brand has grown so quickly. Absolutely. And I know you know, like it's like once you hit social media and social media really, really starts working for you, the opportunities are just like crazy. I can't do full time. Like I can't do full time anywhere right now. I mean, now. yeah, that's actually the impetus for me leaving Google. I wasn't going to leave until like midsummer yep. right now yep. was I was offered a venture scout position as well. And it was for creator economy startups. And Google Ooh. was saying like, there might be a conflict of interest here, whatever. And I was like, honestly, guys, like black women in venture yep. doesn't happen. So nope. I'm not going to like sit here and wait for you guys. Well, that's why I had know. to leave editorial. Yeah. They own you. They, and the difference there so is they own you your IP. social media then? Oh yeah. What? Well, how did that work? So I could post, mm-hmm. but branded, was not a thing. So you were oh girl, to your salary. I was. I I just had to do. So I could post. That's how my my content got big because my TikTok got big doing day in the lives of a beauty and fashion editor. Okay. That's those were the those were the original day in the lives. And I've always posted because people are always like, "How the hell does she do these things?" Because right. it, because so the mystique is I can post. They had no problem with me posting, but making money at any place else. And we live in this expensive ass city. One day was just like, you know what? I, I'm seeing these offers that are coming in and I'm having to say no to them and I'm done saying no. Period. It's so interesting because you would think that that would make the magazine better. You, it just, you would think it would make any entity better, right? Yeah. You talk about Google, you talk about like, but, and now these, these brands are forced to, if you want stars, because that's the thing, they want stars, but they don't want to let stars be stars. Stars have to be stars. And so- that's the thing. It's like, and that's what I, the beautiful thing was that I told my new boss in venture, she wants to be a star too. She's a black woman who wants to be a star. And I was just like, look, I'm not, I'm not signing to not compete. I won't do anything else in venture. That's not even where my original bread and butter is, right? This is a, and why they are my bread and butter is because they are a beauty specific venture backed fund. And black women. And black women, yeah. right? So that was different. I went to her and I was like, I'm not signing to not compete. She was like, girl, I don't want you to. She was like, and, and, but she knew, she was like, it makes you more valuable. And that's what she even says now. Like, you know, Business Insider just did a story on me. I say their name. I talk about the fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it is advantageous on both parties and both sides to let stars be stars. I really like that. And I think that's, in my first role at Google, they didn't agree with that. In my second role, they absolutely did. See? But you said something of making things like work for you. And that's what you really have to do. I think that's something a lot of people in their early career, myself included, like we think we're going to be told what to do. Yep. But that it doesn't work like that. And you can make it work for you with while working in the bounds of whatever the rules are. And that's, I mean, that's what we've, that's what all of us have done. So you started TikTok, social media doing. I never thought I'd get on TikTok. 
Because I know, you, were you on Instagram too? Yes, I yeah. was already on Instagram. Instagram was already, I was, that had already, like I said, people were reaching out to me for branded on Instagram already. Okay. Because my following is like, and people say it all the time, like it's like the numbers aren't huge, but the engagement is, I my engagement's say. really high. It is. And so, and I have community. Like these these women are like, it's a community. So I was already posting on Instagram. That is why my Instagram and my TikTok names are different. Mm-hmm. Because I said, I ain't never posted no damn TikToks. I'm never dancing on TikTok. So the name, I just picked whatever name because I was like, I will never post a TikTok. Yeah. That's for kids dancing in the pandemic. And look at me. Look at you. Posting TikToks. Let me figure out if I can change the name. But now TikTok's a bigger platform for me than Instagram. So I'm like, let me just sit still and let the Keep chips on. fall where yes. they may. Exactly. I really like that you you built that. So what I've also noticed here, you said black women are the people who gave you all yeah. of your chances. So, And I like that you're still doing that with that fund now. But how did you build those connections in the first place? And how do you nurture connections? Because I feel mm. like you know everybody. Every time you get on TikTok, you're like, my friend who did this, my friend who did that. And I'm like, how are you friends with everyone in the whole city? <laughs> well, okay, so number one, I mean, it was interesting. When the um, It's Expensive to Dream post went viral, it made its way to Twitter, and it got more viral on Twitter. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And so the guy was like, you know, she was talking about she was cold emailing and then she said a family friend. So I will say towards the beginning of my career, nepotism played a big role. My first job at CBS was through a woman that my parents knew. Glamour, ultimately, you can contribute to a woman that my parents knew. I only met Kalia Underwood because of the woman at Glamour who introduced me to Kalia Underwood and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. But I think when it comes to cultivating, it's like anybody will tell you, I'm not out here begging women to hang out, begging them to pick their brains. Like I think, and that's why I tell people, I'm like, be aggressive. I'm a dog, but I'm not ingenuine. Like nobody is ever going to be like, Blake is an opportunist because I feel like my gifts have made way will make way for me regardless. But I think when it comes to cultivating those relationships, I just I I check in with them as necessary, right? And it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be I'm going to send her flowers every single like social media has made it easier, right? Cuz these women that I keep in contact with, it's like I, I can comment on a story. You know what I'm saying? There exactly. are ways to constantly stay engaged without having to engage. But I also am just hardwired to be a social. If you meet my dad, my dad can talk to this brick wall. <laughs> and so it's like, I think two people are like, I don't understand how you, I, I am hardwired. I can go into a, I don't like going to events by myself doesn't scare me. Like, yeah. and so I know that's not everybody, but that is how I've been able to, to do it. Because I just, I like people. I thrive in community. I heal in community. Like I am the girl who, you know, some people it's solitude for them. I thrive off other interactions. I feel like that is the opportunist comment is really important. Yeah. I feel like, especially in New York, like the black women, et cetera, the community is very small. And oh, I feel girl. like I've run into people who I feel like are being opportunist or with me or I are around me or don't take me seriously because I'm not big enough of an opportunity for them. And then I find that a lot of times there people are asking those same people maybe like how do I do this how do I do that but at the end of the day you can always smell someone who oh my god it's it's become so transparent it's it's so obvious and I think because my I don't even know how to describe it it's not even the career because I was working before but like my my reach 
catapulted so quick Mm -hmm. and what I was doing happened so fast. And so funny, my dad was like, I never thought I'd have to have the conversation with you before 30 of like people like (laughs) wanting things from you and all the things. And it's so funny because my parents never did because like I said, from 26 to now has been a wild transition for me because I used to be the girl that just believed that everybody had the best intentions. Yes. My friends used to curse me out. My mom especially. Like, why are you letting people treat you like this? Why are you blah, blah, blah? It has done a hardwire flip in the past two years because it had to. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I can read the, the same women that would not talk to me three years ago want to yep. do dinner and want to be my friend. I'm just like, girl. Like I'm not, And even those that don't, I can, te- I can smell it. Yeah. It becomes so obvious and it's like, I'm uninterested. And people, like I was on a a TikTok live recently and, you know, I appreciate women that ask, but this, this one woman was like, you know, are you open to making new friends right now? And I'm not about to lie. No. Yeah. My village is so great. Like I have been so blessed with the friends that I have. I don't need to look for friends. Now, if a friend naturally happens totally different, but I'm absolutely not at the space where I put myself in spaces to intentionally meet other women to be friends. I'm a friendly ass girl. I'll talk and hug and kiki with anybody, but protecting, I didn't realize the importance of protecting your space as much until right now. And what made, was there like a trigger or something? Oh yeah. Yeah. There was, it was the summer that I had gotten the essence job and it just seemed like it was coming from left and right. And what you realize is like a, a friend of mine who's now, he's kind of like my agent. He was just like, cause I was just, you know, when you're that girl who just doesn't bother anybody, you get sad. Like you are just like, why does everybody, like it was sad. Like it was, yeah. I was like, why is, and he told me, he said, you have to understand that sometimes your sheer existence will make somebody, will trigger something in somebody. And you succeeding, especially, and you succeeding. He was just like, it will trigger things in people. And that's when I realized, like, Blake, some people just don't like you because you exist. But before that was never, because I kind of stayed in my little, you know, it was never like that and blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm telling you, everybody's like, my best friend is like, this is a completely different Blake. No cut cards. I'm not doing this shit with none of y'all. Get out my face. Exactly. And, and I think that that comes, and what I, at least in my experience from like going from zero to a hundred mm-hmm. on social media, like I never in a million years like wanted this for myself. And then you have to quickly know who you are. Like I say, I asked Immediately. God for confidence and I became a creator. And because now you can't have an ounce of insecurity or not knowing who you are because they will find it. Oh my God. And gnaw at it. Exactly. The first time I got torn apart on TikTok, mm-hmm. and mind you, it's not because I said anything ignorant. It's not because I did anything bad. It's because I fidget with my hair a lot. And Where'd Twitter you? got it, and they were like, she's on drugs, and this is what drugs look like. I was like, huh. And then I was like, you know what, Blake? Again, you know yourself. <laughs> the girls on TikTok love that you fidget. Yeah. Who gives a damn if the people on Twitter don't? And you know it's not because of drugs. It's because you are a fidgety-ass girl. <laughs> Like the drugs is, the drugs is killing oh girl, me. it was like a chain. My friends and my friends are very you know, especially my closest circle, except you know, like Asia, they're not in the industry. Yeah. So my friends isn't on Twitter cursing random people out, and I'm like, y'all don't have to do it. They are curse calling these people everything but children of God, and it's just like <laughs> fights going on on Twitter, and they're like, bitch, she not on drugs. I'm like, oh God, but it is. I it, to your point, not only will. You think that the negative will eat you apart? 
it will be those who you think have good intentions that will also eat you apart. Because I feel like not knowing yourself translates into not being able to read others. And I feel like because so quickly I had to learn myself is why so quickly I'm just like, okay, this is bullshit. And I'm just like, no, thanks. Hi. I'm, I'm very nice, very cordial. I'm not doing that. I think that that's a really important. My question was going to be what's a mindset tip that you would like advise. Do you think that that's yeah. your number one? Everybody doesn't wish the best for you. Yeah. And that does not mean though, and it's like striking that balance. And that is one thing that I'm working through right now is because I think when you go from one extreme to the other, because it happened so fast, I went from literally the girl who saw the best in everybody mm-hmm. to the girl who, who was suspicious of everybody. Yeah, 100%. And so I think finding that balance is important, but I think understanding that let people prove to you that they have good intentions for you first. What I'm saying, I'm not telling, saying make people kiss the ring, make people chase you. No, no, no. But don't automatic. I think, especially now, people are in really dark spaces. I was having that conversation with my friend. People are going through a lot right now. They will project and all those things onto you, even if it's not intentional. So just be cautious of your space. That is my mindset mindset tip. Don't be suspicious. But don't be naive either. I want to stay on career for a little bit okay. before we get into your health and wellness. So what is, would you say, a tactical tip for someone who wants to build a brand like you have? Post. Like, you just have to post. And I get it. It's scary. Like, so many of my friends. Um, my best friend is actually a black woman, head of marketing for the only black-owned, black female-owned cannabis company in Ohio. And it is the biggest. It is the largest. And she's a, a dog and a beast. And I'm like... If you don't post, I'm going to beat your ass. That's how I feel about my friends where I'm like, post. You could be. Do you understand what you're, but you know, that's not, she, she just loves the work that she does, but it's okay. We're going to get her on there. Just post. There's a niche for everybody. If TikTok has not shown us anything, there's a niche for every type of interest. I end up on, what was a weird one that I've been, oh my God. I person it's it's not that I don't like dogs. I'm just not a dog person. Mm-hmm. Like I probably want, it's also because I have an allergy. So it's always just been yeah. kind of like I'm not a huge dog person. But I'm obsessed with dog feeding videos. What? Have you ever seen those luxury dog feeding videos? Feeding? You have not? What are they feeding? Just oh, food? The, no. Oh, the are they most, cooking? Oh my god. But then they add like live like it is the most and they sprinkle in vitamin. You've never seen it? No. You need to Google like Pitbull or Doberman dog feedings. Pitbull dog feedings. I'll write it down. It is the most I had a interesting thing of my life. And so if anything else <laughs> That's the last thing I expected. That's you to the say. last thing you don't that even like dogs, they, you said. And that is so what I'm telling people is like just post, especially on TikTok. Somebody will somebody will relate to your content. Yeah. Just post. Exactly. I'm done. Just post. I feel like another thing you said is that you had originally wanted to be a serious journalist. Oh, my God. And I was in the same boat. Now people meet me and they're like, that was not going to (laughs) work. Literally, literally. (laughs) Crazy. But, um... And you got there and you realized it didn't work for yes. you. Was that hard to let go of or you were already no, on to the next thing? No, I, I think because I was so early in my career. And when you're so young at 20, that was 22 when I pivoted. Yeah. You're so resilient. You're just like, I don't have it figured out anyway. Let me just try to move on. So no, I actually didn't. If, if you would have now, it might have been different. And the thing is, it's so interesting because when I talk to so many women, particularly black women who I know in the serious news and the sports space, that's exactly what they're telling me is that 
they're now trying to pivot and they're not, but they're so ingrained in their careers. And so it is harder. And so I do think it has been beautiful that so early in my career, I immediately established career in my biggest interest, which is beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. And I don't foresee that ever changing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I yes. like that. We, we hope. Yeah. I mean, things have, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Would you ever start your own brand? I don't, I don't, I know never say never, mm-hmm. but I've witnessed how much goes into it. And it's not that I wouldn't do the work. It's just, am I interested in doing that type of work? Also, it's like the industry is so saturated right now. So it's like, Blake, what are you going to create that all, that actually is filling a gap or a hole that would be, cause I'm, I'm big on like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I also feel like with my background, I feel so much pressure. I'm like, Blake, if this does oh, not pop true. and succeed. I don't know if I'd recover. I can see that. I feel that I feel that pressure as well. So Well, you're right. doing it, Miss Miss Thank Luxury you. Bathrobes. I'm trying my very best. Do you know what's so funny? Fun. I just ordered a caftan because oh, yeah. I was like, I want to give luxury as I mm-hmm. walk through my home. Exactly. I think that's what all I think it's the most it's like the ultimate feeling yes. of like taking care of yourself. Yes. When you're on vacation, you have the robe. Yep. When you're at home, yep. it's just it's it elevates. It does. It's amazing. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, Caftans will come in like 2026 or something. Whenever I have fun, <laughs> baby there. steps. Yeah, baby we're, steps. We're, we're going at our own pace. Exactly. Okay. So, what is the biggest lesson you think you've learned in the past year? Oh my god. At some point, you have to get sick of your own shit. At some point, you have to get sick of the things that don't serve you that you are self-inflicting. And I think that, like I said, because I was the girl who didn't bother anybody, blah blah. blah I I assume this victim mentality towards my entire life for a while and so anything bad that was happening it was like oh my god the world is falling apart and things like that but Jeremy Pope recently said in a podcast how his therapist was telling him that like we have to figure out how to manage so that the highs are not too high and the lows are not too low but if it's a straight line then you're dead and so I think that in the past year the biggest lesson that I've learned is like if I don't actually pour into myself first, then everything around me crumbles and folds. And so, like I said, the self-care thing, it's been like, I work out like a crazy person. Now I'm trying to change the things that I eat. I'm meditating. I'm making my bed every morning. I'm, I'm trying to say affirmations because I've realized like I did none of those things. And so when I crashed, the crash was cataclysmic. And so it's like, what can you do to change the way that you have been living so that when things crash, it's not cataclysmic. So we're just trying to balance the highs and the lows. I like that. And so when you, well, what did your crash look like? If you don't mind me. Asking? No, I mean like uh, what people don't know. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause I tweeted on February 1st, happy new year. Cause I was like, this cannot be January 2023 was the worst month of my life. And people don't even understand. I would film TikToks and then get, I would film, get ready with me and then get back in the bed. Like, it was so bad, and I realized that what was happening around me wasn't necessarily life-shattering, but it felt life-shattering because I had not poured into, to your point, fully knowing who I was, fully nurturing who I was, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, and and not really knowing when to ask for help and things like that. And so it's like pulling myself up out of that is when I realized that like we have to we have to do practices. Like there are practices. And the thing is not everybody has to, right? That's not for everybody. But for girls like us that don't know how to sit down. Exactly. And for girls like us who have outside 
noises all the time. A friend of mine recently told me we were talking and he was like, you know, we were talking about like highs and lows. And he was like, like, you have to understand because we were talking about just like people and how they act and things like that. And he was like, you have to understand not all of us have hundreds, sometimes thousands of people telling us how great we are every damn day. And we're trying to figure it out and, and do those things. And I was like, it was self actualization because I was like, that is true. But just as fast as those people, we see it all the time, just as fast as those people who think that you're the best in the world, that can change very fast. If you're not comfortable with it and you don't figure it out, it's going to be stressful. And this will definitely, like, push you to do that. Yep. And I'm glad it has for you. And yeah. you talked about also, like, taking a step back from drinking. Yep. And how do you, how is, well, what made you decide, like, hey, like, my life's not, it was it just pure exhaustion? So, no, it wasn't just pure exhaustion. It was in, in my pulling myself up out of that. So I okay. had stopped drinking a little bit in there because I was scared of, like, if I get drunk, what, you, you worry, like, if I get drunk, am I going to, you know, yeah. fire off a bad message or blah, blah. You know what I'm something. saying? If yeah. you're already in a bad mental state. <laughs> and so I had stopped drinking then. Also, my hangovers was just getting bad. I don't know. I got old lady body mm-hmm. once I hit 26. And I was just like, what's happening? And so I think I realized how much clearer I was feeling when I stopped drinking. And and it wasn't just, because I, I think people don't understand. They're like, were you like a red? It, it wasn't even that, but I was averaging like three to four drinks a day because I'm going to all these events. And like, I was a social drinker and all of these things. And I think it just wasn't helping. And so as I started pulling myself out of it, it was like, well, if it's not adding. And so then it's like, you know, I would have a, a glass of wine here, things like that. But it's just like, I, the cadence by which I drink is just... Eventually, I think probably within the next month or so, because the thing is every time, for example, I hadn't drank in like, let's say a month, because I'm just like, unless it's a big event or something like that. I had one drink this weekend and felt like hell. Well, if one drink is doing this to me, we damn sure not going back to to drinking, drinking ever again. But it does. I mean, I, my body feels it though. Yeah. Like I'm tired. Like the, the withdrawals from like, and it sounds crazy because it's like, you know, would I have labeled myself as alcoholic? No, but I was drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. I, was it a dependency? No, but I'm at all these events and exactly. I love a cute cocktail and I love recording it for TikTok with my cute cocktail, but my body is feeling it. I'm yeah. really tired, happier, mm-hmm. but physically I am exhausted yeah. a lot more. Well, and too, I'm like, and when I've been telling people, they're like, aren't you freezing your eggs this year? I'm like, yeah, I need to get it all yeah, together anyway. That makes sense. So that's I didn't do it because I'm freezing my eggs, but now I'm like, well, yeah, that's yeah. another thing because I'm going to freeze my eggs this year. Everything yeah. happens, yeah. What made you decide to freeze your eggs? My OB. <laughs> she's a black woman. She's also a soror lover to death, but she shoots it to me very straight. And she was like, so. Is she Camila Phillips in Upper East Side? No. Oh, okay. uh-uh. Bernadette like Russell. Oh, love her. Love her. Yeah. So she goes, so are you seeing anybody seriously? She, and she, the thing about her is like before she gets all in your hoo-ha, she like sits you down and has like conversations like, are you in a relationship? Are you happy? Like what? Cause those things impact everything that we have going on as women, especially black women. The last time I went to see her, she was like, are you in a serious relationship? And I was like, no, she was like, now, if you come back to, I just went for my annual checkup. And so she was like, now, if you come back to me next year, Blake, and you still don't have a serious partner, we should consider, which means that, she don't, <laughs> that we just go do it. You should consider freezing your eggs. And granted, she also was very clear. She was like, I don't say this to all of my patients. She was like, but 
she was like, but you're in a, you know, I talked to her about my life. So she's like, she knows kind of my financial situation and things like that. She's like, so you can afford it. She was like, so why not just do it if you can afford it? And so I'm going to, yeah, it'll be, I think I'm going to do it right after I turn 29. So maybe right after the, or probably because I, you know, it's a process. So I'll probably do it end of this year during the holidays. Yeah. That makes sense. But nobody tells you, like I was watching Harlem. I completely forgot that like, I have to go and get tested to see if I even have eggs before we can harvest any. And that's freaking terrifying in itself. But yeah, you should so, yeah. do it when you're like with family and like they can help. And that's you the know. thing. My mom is like, I'll do your shots. Yeah. I'm like, all right, girl. <laughs> okay. <Crazy>. Fine. <laughs> so yes. Love to see I'll that. probably do it in December. Oh, I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna document the whole thing. It seems emotional. Like when I was watching oh, Candace yeah. on Real Housewives of Potomac cry, because in my head I'm like, what's the but it is like this is taxing. It's very taxing on your body. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I feel like all hormonal things like they I honestly get stressed about it 24 7 I just came off birth control and it's changed Girl, I've been life. on it since 15 yeah I was on it since 15 so it's almost well. 15 years I was oh crazy mm-hmm. I got off it in two and a half months ago how's it been see my skin raged anytime I tried yeah that was what I was really worried about but I did like cycle sinking I was worried about that and and ah. um and my period so when I the reason I got on birth control right. was because my periods were so bad. I had to stay home from yep. school. It would Same. throw up. Yep. It was so bad. So I was so worried to go back to that because the one time I had tried, it did. But what happened is I started cycle syncing like a month before where uh, I started doing smart. the supplements and everything because like my doctor couldn't fit me in. Yep. And then I came off of it and my skin stayed completely like was clearer probably. Maybe I need to cycle sync. My periods sink. are... I don't. I didn't cramp once in the last two periods, and I've never. I didn't think that was physically possible, and I literally everything was completely fine. Bare, I had PMS. I was. I was okay. yelling at my man. That's all right. I was yelling at my man. We however, yell at we you. We gonna yell at him anyway. However, it's okay. Exactly. However, I, like I didn't experience the cramping or the nausea or anything that I thought I would, and I I'm, think it's okay. Just because we're gonna have to that, offline. Yeah, we will about what you did. One hundred percent. Because I think that also could help with your exhaustion. Because oh. that was, I was dealing with that. I was diagnosed with depression. Like they were like severe burnout, and I was like, "This just isn't me." Because I'm like you, I am up and up out, and, and go. I like don't oh, like. But you were out. tired, but I was exhausted, so I went off the birth control, and I feel so much better now. I, it's it's I don't feel one million percent right, but I do feel so much better now. So it's a big, oh, this it's is, a big okay. Yes, I'm gonna need the details on uh, that. We'll one. talk. We'll we'll talk about it. Okay, okay, okay. So now I want to jump into fashion and style. Okay, because you obviously are that girl. The fun stuff. Have you always been interested in fashion, beauty, etc.? If you meet my mom mm. and my aunt, you're like, okay, yeah, we get it. It makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. Yes, I mean, yeah. Since I could, I didn't really get interested in fashion. I'd say until high school, because yeah. in middle school, all we want to do is wear Bermuda shorts and graphic tees, and we should. Period. And be frying our hair out as we should. And then I got to high school, and then all of a sudden, it was like, mm-hmm. I want to be a fashion girl. Well, I just think you you start learning your interest and in beauty as well. I've always been a beauty girl. Makeup. I, so in college, I did fifteen dollars faces. $15 Beat by Blake. <laughs> Beat by Blake. It was a thing. I still do have the photos. Uh, Beat by Blake. It was a thing. I was doing all the makeup for probates. So yeah, it really has always been of interest. And now it's just a form of self expression. It's interesting because for a while I laid off of makeup, which is so nasty and terrible because I was hearing like you know, you know, men don't like. Women that wear a lot of makeup and have a lot of long weave. I've always been 
the 20 inch bundles, a lot of makeup girl. And it was like, I was, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, men like more, just hearing the bullshit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Baby, we back to the bundles and the makeup. I'm not changing it for not a soul, yeah, but it, there was a period where I you went into leaned a off phase. the beauty. I did slightly, mm-hmm. yeah. slightly. That's so terrible. I, don't know. I mean, I think I've definitely been there. Not about the like makeup or right. anything like that, but every, everyone's gone. Just ideals. It. Right. I'm like, we thank God that I'm not. 13 years old anymore. I went through some old tweets and I was like, what were you going through? I know. I know. I look at my old like diaries or my old like things that I like. What were you going through? Pure chaos. It's so bad. And I'm like, Blake, why were you like, you must have been very, but it's true. Like I didn't like, you know what I'm saying? I was in the pick me phase because it's like only a pick me or somebody very insecure Mm -hmm. would say things like this. And that's how you can spot it in people. Yep. And that's yep. How, and that's yep. why we all have to you're go you're it. you're talking like thirteen year old me. Yep. Exactly. Yes. It makes sense. Yes. It makes sense. When I see like I I've said this to a few people is like about female friendships because we get a lot of questions how to make friends blah 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 and something I had to learn is like I can't be friends with insecure people but I wouldn't be able to know that if I hadn't been insecure yep. when I was like fifteen yep. but if we're twenty five yep. acting fifteen it yep. doesn't work yep experience actually is the best teacher and not experience from the the from the point of like you said not identifying in somebody else but identifying it in yourself mm-hmm. I agree yeah people are reflections of us exactly everything is a reflection everything of is us. a reflection of you. Speaking of, how did you find your personal style and decide that you liked your your bundles and stuff like that? Did it just come to you naturally, or were you like reading anything? Yeah, no, I think it just came to me naturally. I mean, I definitely went through the phase where I was dressing like the IG girlies, like the mm-hmm. early. Remember, like that like era where like like the Heather Heather Sanders. Like, oh, I do. Like the Amrezi, mm-hmm. like Amrezi, like. That era, there yep. definitely was a time where my style was super influenced by the by the IG girls. And I think now it's just inspired by me. Like, I just kind of wear whatever speaks to me on the day. I've been obsessed with your hair when you did the bangs. Girl, I hated the bangs. Girl, why? That's why I didn't come back. <laughs> they look so good. They don't tell you how much maintenance bangs are. Oh, yeah. They don't tell you that it's going to be in your face all day. And it's going to go. And I just said I'm a fidgety girl. <laughs> me and bangs? You said not me. Not me. Not me in the Well, this looks amazing. Thank you. We're going to keep the short. It's I still touch it, but it's not. The Blake thing is to touch her hair. Yeah. Well, good. So we're going to touch. We're going to touch. Do you have any favorite fashion brands that are on the horizon? I am just so obsessed with what Loewe is doing right now. Every single time. I'm just like, Christ, Valentino. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with Fee Noel. She gets sick of me every time I'm with Fee. She's like, why are you harassing me? I'm like, because I love her. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Fee Noel. I am obsessed with uh, Andrea Ayama. Who else am I loving? I am freaking out about the way that Brandon Blackwood has transitioned his creativity. Oh, I agree. It's so it is good. For everybody who thought that all he was going to do was make the, the, the case bags, what he has done, I'm just like, he is such a brilliant designer. I, he let me wear that. Big, the Cardi B, the fur, the purple oh, fur. Like, uh, he is a, I think that when we talk about l- luxury fashion houses, I think that he is up next. And from the shoes that he just pushed to the Raffia bag that is already sold out, he gonna have to run me a Raffia bag. We're gonna have to figure it's it out. It's summer, come on. I'm just like, Brandon, give me a damn bag. Mm-hmm. To the way that he designs coats, and you know, he's doing, custom, he did custom stuff for Shirley Ralph. I think that 
Brandon Blackwood is really Brandon Blackwood make a lot more than bags. That is what he has proven. I also feel the way I honestly use it as a case study for Two Collective because the way he's shown up yes. on social, yes. and the way he's built a luxury brand while staying close yep. to culture yep. is so incredible. It's nuts. I mean, like I said, I, for a period of time, if you went out and it was a birthday dinner and it was black girls. You saw four Brandon Blackwood bags at the table. And now the way that he's expanded, I'm just like, everything I see coming from him, it looks like luxury. It 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 looks like style. It's just the way that his brain works and the things that he's doing. And I I would love to know, like, I dare to ask him, like, did you feel like for a while all you couldn't make was bags? Because this creativity that you're pushing right now could not have been something that just, I'm obsessed with what he's doing right now. I Them denim them. heels, yeah. I need those too. So good. Okay, what are what is your favorite event or trip that you've gone on? Because you've gone on a lot, girl. Okay, two come to mind. So Because one is international, one's domestic. Right, Can I do, okay. You, period, there get the miles in. My favorite international trip was with Louis Vuitton fragrance to the south of France. Oh my god. It was the most <laughs> luxurious, relaxing. They didn't jam pack the trip. It was like they were just like be free in the south of France. We did a lunch and in order to get to lunch, you had to get on a boat and be boated to lunch. They had Louis Vuitton branded flags coming from the like it was just the most luxury every single time you made it back to the room. There was I walked into the room there was a bag I came at like the that was and the fragrance it was the spell on you fragrance is divine that was really great my favorite domestic trip the NARS trip so NARS good. put their foot in that goddamn trip I have never been so content in New York City for three <laughs> days in my life it was at the Amman they treated all of us and you know when you first see the list like I'm sure you saw the girls I was like Oh, y'all think I'm a content creator for real. Like, <laughs> oh, y'all. Oh, like, it was Aaliyah. It was Alyssa. It was Drew. It was Christy. It was like, I'm like, uh, it was Monet. I'm like, this is not. I saw the list and I was like, um. It was crazy. I think I'm being punked. But they did not, you know, you hear a lot of stories about how they'll treat creators differently. Number one, only women of color were invited. It was the only non-black woman was Drew. Drew is Samoan, so she is a woman of color and speaks openly about, you know, being such. And none of, like, we were treated, that's never happened. Not for a, not for a brand to do it and pour that much, that much, like, not one, you can tell that there was not one penny pinched. Yeah. And the prestige, a prestige beauty brand doing yep. that is also, I think, where, because I think we see a lot of the prestige brands, maybe they'll put one, yep. and it's always the same yep. person, yep. and they happen to be conventionally attractive, yep. and then that's it, and there's no diversity there. It was all of us, yeah. and we just, whatever we asked for. NARS was like, NARS rolled out the red carpet. But I also think that people don't realize, because I didn't realize, how many black women were at the top of NARS. Yeah, okay. And so it's like, we did a dinner, and it was like, the top three women that you would know, two of them were black mm. at the top top. And then, you know, the woman who was with us, the head of influencer, Jamie, who I'm obsessed with, she's a star. She should be an influencer herself. She's dropped it gorgeous. She's a woman of color too. Like, so it's just like... That was the best. I feel like that goes back to black women are always lifting each other yep. up. 
and like giving each other opportunities yep. and supporting each other yep. and also we convert oh yes you know well it's it's like you i don't know if you saw all the buzz on tiktok about it afterwards people were like what like yeah. nars took only black women yeah. yes when i saw that i was like i had never I, i've never like wanted to go on a brand trip more than when i saw that and we partied well i just yeah. them young girls got a lot of it <laughs> Yeah. Every single night, it was, and they were just going. I was just like, like "Y'all, we got to be up in the morning." You're like, let me be in my. I was like, "Let me go to the Amon and lay in the middle of that big old <laughs> California King, please." But it was that was the best. Oh my! That's God. why Nars, forever and ever. Like the, after that trip. And I've always loved NARS, right? And NARS is always, when I was an editor, NARS was always good to me, so I never had any issues. But after that trip, it confirmed to me that NARS will never have to ask me for a thing. I guess we talked about this a little bit with your self-care, but you're very booked and busy. Yeah. So on a daily basis, like, what are you doing to wind down, to take care of yourself? What does that look like? So I take a lot of vitamins now. Yes, me too. I take a lot of vitamins. Like, my morning and night combined, I probably take... 30 vitamins, I dare to say. Like 15 in the morning, 15 at night. I'm waking up. I do 12 through 30. Then I go to Pilates. I love Pilates. Well, so everybody was so confused that I had never been to Pilates because after I asked Lori Harvey the question last year at the Met. Yes, thank God you did. I, all of these major Pilates studios were like, do you want a free membership? And I didn't respond to no. Like, I was just like, I'm like, I ain't getting in Pilates. (laughs) recently I was just like let me just try Pilates I am hooked I understand why the girls are obsessed at first I was like y'all are just talking shit reformer Pilates is the only workout that I'm like do you enjoy it I love it but your body tones up my body has never toned so fast either all right let me go get my I'm telling you I'm telling you and I go to this wonderful Pilates studio that's owned by two plus size uh, Hispanic women. So it's very like no judgment. Like it's not frilly. Like, and that was another thing. I was like, I'm about to go in these Pilates studios. Everyone's a zero. Where where these women are real thin and are like, can spread their legs from <laughs> this side of the room to the other. And I'm going to look crazy that my Pilates studio is not like that. I love it. What else do I do? I sleep. Blake gonna sleep. My bedtime is like 930. Same. If I can, you know, I'd be, but I know you'd be, but outside. I'm queen of the Irish exit. Like, I know that I like record, but like, people are always like, and that was before, like this year. People are always like, Blake gonna always leave, and you're gonna look at her location, and she's at home. Cause I, I love sleep. So, my friends in college would say to me, like, you would, I, like, you have a gift. Like, you can go out, have a night, like, and be home by 11 30. It doesn't make sense. And I think that's just what you seize the moment you got to do and then go home. Exactly. So I love sleeping. And then, like I said, the, the affirmations and stuff has been really big and just, I think television, I know this is going to sound so bad. I'm going to sound like, I promise you I'm not a pick me. I love me reality TV. It's going to have my heart till the end of me. But I recently started just watching a little bit more positive television as well. And it has completely shifted particularly shrinking in Ted Lasso. And it's just so positive yeah. and happy. And I just feel like when I watch Ted Lasso, especially Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso is quasi-therapy. Yeah. It is the best, most lighthearted, joyful. If everybody acted like the characters in Ted Lasso, the world would heal itself. Okay, Blake, I'm going to go watch You it. have to watch it. Because at first I was like, eh, eh, eh. It is the happiest show I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. And it's not that it's unrealistic. But it's just every single character is willing to 
has, has is is kind at their core. They don't always make the best decisions. They don't always communicate in the best way, but everybody in there has pure intentions when they wake up. I'm telling you, I used to roll my ass. My mom was like, why do you wash this? I'm like, mind your business. Because I enjoy it. And I still do enjoy it. But I realize it's like, Blake, you can love the reality TV, but we're going to have to, we're, we just, we have to balance it. Exactly. I agree. And I think it was similar with like, Watching too much news. Watching yes, too it's much. the same thing with the news. Yes, exactly. Yes. Watching too, a lot of girls do true crime. That's not me. Oh, but girl, like, I feel like that type of thing. I've seen gets every single episode episode of SVU. See, honestly, I think that's what since, fucked me up since as an individual. The first, the first season of SVU. That's insane. How many are there? Like, thousands? I think there's like two. Huh? There's it's in there. It's some, crazy. I've seen every single one because. The issue is my aunt is a hairstylist, so she used to do my hair when I was and little. Watch SVU and she, at four years. Baby, old, that's a that's a gold mine. She put me in front of SVU, and I I think it, it gave me nightmares. I never had anything like super traumatic happen to me, but everything that happened on SVU was in my brain. What is a book, resource, podcast, or something, anything that has changed your life? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, <laughs> what a time. That was, that was, yeah. like, that was, a, and Judy Bloom got me through a lot of, what is a, do you know what podcast I really love? And I think that I, I can admit that I too counted her out in the beginning. And I think that it is, I don't, wouldn't necessarily say that it would, ch- it's changed my life. But when I think about podcasting and the way that women interact and things like that, the need to know podcast, be Simone's podcast mm-hmm. is so refreshing in the way that it. You know, it's great to not hear women center, and women aren't now, because the girls talk about everything, but it's not a podcast centered around men. Okay. It's not a podcast, you know, it's it's really just centered around like friendship and things like that. So while I wouldn't necessarily say that it changed my life, everybody's been like, Blake, are you going to podcast? Are you going to podcast? Mm-hmm. I would not want to podcast unless it's like that. Okay, good. I'll take a listen. Yes. I'll do it. You'll love you it. Me You'll love it. Love it. Okay. The last question I like to ask everyone who comes on the show is to finish this sentence with something that you want young people or other people to know. Okay. You are too smart for... You are too smart for playing it small. Other people's insecurity with your light is not your problem. Period. Show up exactly how you want to. Don't, don't shrinking for other people is the worst thing that you can do. And I think as black women, we're told to shrink a lot. We're too loud. We're too opinionated. We're too all of these things. You're too smart for that. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on. Thank like, you. Where can everyone find you? Huh, so like I said, TikTok and Instagram are different names. So Instagram is Blake Lauren, L-A-W-R-E-N. Ask my mom. Don't ask me. Uh, TikTok is Blake Newbie underscore. So yes, that's where you can find me. Love it. Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for This. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your day to take a listen to these conversations. If you're looking for more content, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Two Collective. And don't forget to follow me, your host, Alexis Barber, on the Gram TikTok as well. Don't forget, you can also watch our solo episodes on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Alexis Barber. And we do a weekly giveaway of PR products or Amazon gift cards to girls who leave great reviews down below. So please make sure to leave your reviews and follow us on Instagram to be notified in case you win. And with that, do not forget that you are too smart to not love yourself and see you in the next episode.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.